10 to 1, episode 67. Top 10 Bucket List Foods. podcast where we make top 10 lists about everything. I'm Melissa Kozer. And I'm Brian Kozer. And some people just have a normal bucket list, things they want to do. But maybe more importantly, you should have a bucket list of things you want to eat. Because there's so many great foods out there. There's so many odd and wonderful things that people can put in their mouths and chew for about 30 seconds <laughs> and then swallow and digest. So you you really should make a list of those things. <laughs> Way to make an explanation of what this list is. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I like to be explicit. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I just made a list of things that you know. Some of them I've just always thought, yeah, I think I, I think I'd like to try that at some point. And uh, I guess we'll get we'll get to it from each one. What what drew us in to make us think we might want to eat that and uh yeah uh and i guess we can talk about uh how likely it is that we'll get to try any of these things so anything to add melissa for how you made your list before we get right into it oh boy my uh my list comes from all over the place from books Mm. i've read from just things I've heard about mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. Pinterest, stuff that I've come across. So, yeah. Yeah. I run the gamut with this list. Would you say you have more recipes or more, not necessarily recipe, but sort of a a certain maybe ingredient or a certain animal, perhaps? Or do you, you mostly have recipes? Two of mine are animals. Okay. A third, I guess, is kind of in between recipes or like a specific plant. Animal. It could be, and all the rest are recipes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have three animals, and then a couple, couple other things that would go in the category of of non actual recipe, and then I think so. It's about five and five for me. Yeah, and uh, mine is arranged in the order of. Uh, number 10, uh, least interested to one is most interested in trying. Yeah, I kind of, I guess that's how I did it. Like I took sort of into account if I thought I would like it. Because there's, there's some things on here that I'm, I don't think I necessarily <laughs> will like. But I'm still interested in trying it just because. Just because. Just because. Yeah. Like the time that I had uh, shrimp guts. Or shrimp guts, uh-huh. squid guts, yeah, with raw squid tentacles and right kelp, sea salt. Because why not? Very chewy, salty. I did do it a second time, but it's not very good at all. But uh, it's an interesting thing to say that you've you've eaten. So uh, I do that for some other things. But uh, why, don't, why don't we get into it? All right. So my number ten, I would go into it with an open mind. Okay. Okay. It sure doesn't really sound appetizing but i'm just so intrigued by it you know you hear about it everywhere i really want to try it and that is haggis i should have put i didn't even think about this or it would have been on my list (laughs) so (laughs) ingredients for this one recipe 
according according to this one recipe, is uh, one sheep's stomach, heart and lungs of a lamb, uh, and then trimmings from a beef or a lamb, and then some oatmeal and seasonings like salt, pepper, coriander, mace, and nutmeg, water to cook the haggis, and stock from the lungs and trimmings. And then you serve it with neeps, mashed swede or turnip, or tat- and tatties, which are mashed potatoes. Haggis, neeps, and tatties. <laughs> That's what I want to try. Nice. So it really doesn't sound too great, uh, and it's banned in the, U- in the U.S. as far as you can't bring it over. Uh, For health not- reasons? Yeah. That you're makes You're not sense. allowed to bring over sheep lung, uh, which hmm. is one of the... Lungs, huh? Yeah. Everything else is okay. Everything else. Interesting. But just the fact that you cook everything in a sheep's stomach <laughs> is so <laughs> random and mm-hmm. odd mm-hmm. that I just want to try it. Who knows? It could be good. People are still eating it, I guess, if only for the novelty of it. That's true. So I, it yeah. has hung around. That is a famous one I would I would want to try as well. And I have had pig stomach, and that was good. Yeah. So... Yeah, my number 10, haggis. Nice. Almost sounds like a curse word. If you say so. (laughs) My number 10 is borscht. Have you heard of it? Isn't that an alcohol? No. No, that's borscht. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, there's different, uh, yeah, borscht, borscht. There's different variant spellings. Okay, how do you spell it? B-O-R-S-C-H-T. Okay. Is the, the main spelling, borscht. Eastern European soup. So oh, Russian. I thought that was an alcohol. Nope. Russia, Ukraine, Poland, those countries. So maybe you say it. Borscht. 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 That's my Russian accent. You might borscht after drinking it. But uh, it's it's a beetroot soup. So beets, I guess, is okay. the main ingredient. Sour soup, it's described as. Huh. And uh, that's just one of those... Uh, like haggis, another famous dish that I'm kind of intrigued by. I'm not a huge beet fan, but uh, I don't know. I'm not a big intestines fan either, and I'd, I'd try that haggis. So we'll see. Uh, likelihood that we'll have haggis, probably pretty low. We'd have to probably go to Scotland, right? Um, borscht, most well, you probably, probably pretty low as well. you probably make it here in the States. You just can't import sure. sheep lung. Sure, but there's no way we're actually going to make haggis. Right, no. Borscht we could make, I think, not too difficult, but I don't know. Uh, it is bucket list food, but it's still not probably something I would actually make. I would maybe order it on, if I saw it in a restaurant. Okay. Or if somebody offered me some or something like that, I would definitely want to try it. Okay. So. Why have you always been interested in this? This this isn't one I've always been interested in. Okay. This was more like... This is one I've heard of. I don't know. It's like haggis. Same with you. you. It's just one you've heard of. Like, I associate it with Russia. Okay. And so, uh, it's just just one of those famous foods that I'm I'm interested in trying. Okay. So, that's my number nine. Borscht. Nine or ten, I should say. I was going to say, wait. (laughs) Borscht. All right, my number nine <laughs> comes from my second most favorite video game, okay. Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, and it is called Pumpkin Yeto's Soup. Superb Soup. Oh, no. 
Yep, so I have the Geeky Chef Cookbook, <laughs> and this lady uh, is a real nerd and has uh, made up recipes from for a bunch of these things that she's uh, seen in different fandoms. And so in the game, there's this Yeti that is cooking a soup for his sick wife, <laughs> and he asks you to go find a few ingredients. Or, you bring him... Or, or. Uh, some fish to begin with, and he throws them into the soup. And then later you find a pumpkin, and then after that, the last ingredient that you find is some goat cheese. <laughs> and those are the three main ingredients of this soup. It's got a few other <laughs> things, some uh, like an onion, some garlic, and some stock. But for the most part, it's just goat cheese, pumpkin, and salmon. And those are very interesting ingredients to have in a soup, but I think they would actually work. And so I'm really intrigued. I, I, I want to try this, and one of these days I'm going to make this recipe, <laughs> and we'll see how it turns out. We have the salmon in the freezer, actually, so I might be making this soon. Interesting. I'd give it a shot. So that is my number nine, Yeto's Superb Soup. Okay. My number nine... Another famous dish, this one from China. It's bird's nest soup. Have you heard of bird's nest soup, Melissa? <laughs> no. You really? Oh, you haven't? Oh, buckle up. Oh. It's actually made from bird's nests, uh, despite what you might have thought. Like, it's got twigs and... No, 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 no. These birds make their nests with their saliva. Oh, that's so gross. It's edible. Solidified bird saliva. And then they mix it into a soup. It's a delicacy. Oh, yuck. It gives the the soup a gelatinous texture. Oh, no. Oh, uh, heck no. Oh, it's it's a delicacy, let me tell you. They're very expensive. The nests go for $2,000 per kilogram, uh, depending on the grading. It differs in color from white to dark brown. Oh, gross. And uh, the Depending Chinese... Depending on the exposure to the elements and what birds passing by pooped on it. It's supposed to be pretty healthy for you, too. So, I mean, uh, yeah. Come on, you can't you can't tell me you're not intrigued by no, the thought I'm of not intrigued. a bird's nest soup. Sheep stomach? Sure. Suppo- bird spit? Gross. This is supposed to be the most expensive dessert in the world. It's a dessert. Uh, so they claim. Ugh. So odds of trying this one, pretty slim. It's expensive. It's a Chinese delicacy. I mean, there are probably some places in the States that serve it, but don't know that I'll actually ever try it. And that's okay. But given the opportunity, I think it would be pretty neat to try some bird's nest soup. That's I my would, number nine. I would try it Yeah. if I was with you. But I am not going to seek this out. All right, my number eight is a lot more innocent. It's lamb. I've never had... Really? I didn't know you had uh, never had lamb. I I think I might have had lamb, but I want uh, like a roast rack of lamb. Okay. So maybe I'll amend it to say rack of lamb. Sure. Um, And I have a couple recipes that I'm someday going to try. And... 
from what I understand, it's a very nice, tender mm -hmm. meat. I just have never had actual lamb, rack yeah. of lamb, so I want to try it. Well, if you want, we could go to the Jerusalem Cafe on airport. Some Sunday afternoon, they have their Sunday buffet with lamb. Well, also, I want to have another notch on my gun, as it were, you know, yeah. to say I've I've cooked lamb. We can try, lamb. try it before you eat it if you aren't 100% sure that you're going to like it. I'm pretty sure I'll like it. Yeah, I think you will. Lamb is a pretty good, pretty good tasting tender meat. Goat is also pretty good. You can get that at the Jamaican Cafe. And that's your number eight? Which is somewhere around town. No, because I've, ha oh, I've had okay. goat. Also had oxtail there. Indeed. So, some interesting, interesting stuff Indeed. over there. The goat is really good. So, All right. And the oxtail eight. just tastes like beef. Wreck of lamb. Nice. Good choice. We'll, we'll make that happen. My number eight is steak tartare. Have you heard of this? I've heard of it. What yeah. exactly is it? It's not steak with tartar sauce, apparently. No, it's not steak with tartar sauce. It's a meat dish made from raw ground meat. Uh, so this is going to be, uh, I mean, steak tartare. I think it's going to be beef. Um, so raw beef. They don't cook Let's it. Let's see what else. Uh, onions, capers, seasonings, sometimes raw egg yolk, raw egg yolk, sometimes on rye bread. Huh. So, uh, yeah, so apparently tartare after, uh, at, at this point, people, Tartarus, people just use to make it, use it to mean uh, raw. Huh. Like uh, a la mode is with ice cream on top. Right. Or something like one of those Flambe. other. Flambe. Yeah, there you Flaming. go. Things like that. So tartare. So steak tartare, apparently it's one of those things you aren't supposed to make at home because <laughs> you, know, you have to do it in a safe way, but I, I'd i be really interested to to give this one a shot Oh man! at a, at a restaurant maybe sometime. So you just want to try the bizarre stuff. I actually want to yeah, try stuff that I think would taste good, with the exception of haggis. Well, that's, like, that's coming up on my list, more things that I oh my goodness. am more... That I think I'll probably like, but I mean, if I'm just like, we're just talking about eating food that I like. I mean, I, I'm happy to eat tacos and lasagna and, uh, <laughs> you know, shrimp. <laughs> I know I like all those things. Cheeseburgers. I could, I could just eat the things that I like, but, uh, yeah, for the bucket list, I thought I'd put some more, some more extravagant, unique things. So steak tartare, probably the most likely. Uh, I could try of, uh, of the things we've mentioned so far. Some fancy restaurant, I'm sure, would serve it. So uh, no, I've got to keep my eye open for that one. So my number eight, steak tartare. All right, my number seven. Also very simple. I don't really have a recipe for it, but sometime I want to try rabbit. I've never yeah. had rabbit. Yeah, that's another meat that I would imagine is very tender and and tasty. So that's my number seven. Nice. Yep, uh, I considered that one. It's an honorable mention for me. My number seven is another animal, a little larger than a rabbit. It's bear. And I do feel a little bit bad about putting this on the list. I might feel a little bad about eating a bear just because bears are so great and, you know, the prime ministers of the animal kingdom. But, you know, they say if you... If you uh if you eat your enemy then you gain its power 
gain his power, that kind of thing. So, I mean, maybe it would be helpful for me to eat a bear sometime. So, I mean, oh my they, goodness. they ate one in Prince Caspian, in the book <laughs> Prince Caspian, so learned all about it there. Right. They taste like what they, they've eaten, so you want to eat an herbivore, <laughs> not necessarily one that's been eating garbage or, or something like that. Or other like animals. Yeah, so. Well, what if you ate a bear that ate cow, and then the movie would taste like steak? Ooh, what you're, if you? You're an odd. What fish. if you fed a bear shrimp? Oh man, you are an odd. Fish. Oh man, that would be sweet. Well, there are freshwater shrimp. Yeah. What if? I wouldn't be surprised if bears have had shrimp before. Yeah, but what if you fed a bear exclusively on shrimp, and then you ate it? Would it taste like shrimp? <laughs> I've got to know. Okay, I'm moving this to my number one, and I'm making it shrimp-fed bear. (laughs) (laughs) You can keep your grass-fed beef. I want my shrimp-fed bear, and I want it now. (laughs) Wow. So, uh, in the interest of keeping things simple, my number seven, bear. (laughs) Shrimp-fed bear. (laughs) Well, shrimp-fed bear is, it's, it's up there. Bear is probably a little bit more likely I'd be able to eat, but... Still, still probably pretty rare. Uh, no pun intended. Pretty unlikely that I'll actually get to try bear. I, I don't know if there's many or any restaurants that are gonna serve bear. So that might just have to stay on the bucket list. All right. Well, my number six is one that I have tried making before and failed at so incredibly abominably (laughs) that I don't count it as having actually tasted it. And I'm not really interested in ever trying to make it again. Maybe someday I will, just that I can put a notch on my gun. But I want to make have it at a restaurant first where they, they do it right. Some fancy restaurant. And so my number six is Baked Alaska. So it's a cake base... And then in the middle is ice cream, and then on top is meringue, and they broil the outside so that it gets all nice and crisp and lightly charred. But the ice cream inside is still frozen. So it's this beautiful blend of cold ice cream and gooey cake and uh, uh, marshmallowy meringue. Yeah, at least that's how I imagine it would taste based on descriptions. And so I really want to try it sometime. Baked Alaska, my number six. Yeah, I've always wanted to try that as well. If I had thought of that one, that probably would have made my list. Well, boom. Very good, very good. And that's two that you said you wish you'd thought of. Yeah, good job. And uh, speaking of things I wish I'd, I'd thought of, I just saw as I was looking at my next... Or at one coming up uh, that I, I just Googled uh, because I wanted to give you a, a good uh, definition for it. I just saw one that I'm going to actually say is my number 10, and I'm going to slide off uh, Borscht and say, actually, I, I would want, and, and I could could have done this with the two that you mentioned, but since you have them on your list, I don't have to. Uh, but this one, just in case you don't have it, I'm going to say foie gras. Foie gras. Foie gras, yeah. Foie gras. What exactly is it? It's made from the liver of a duck or goose that has been specially fattened. (laughs) And in France, uh, 
Specially <clears throat> fattened duck liver. Yes, and in France, it has to be force-fed corn with a feeding tube. Aw, that's so, inhumane. That is very sad. Uh, it looks like there's actually, so there's a Wikipedia page, foie, foie gras controversy. And there's a PETA page, foie gras, cruelty to ducks and geese. So... But it's fun to say. Yeah. So apparently there's some... Activists out there trying to Trying eliminate. to keep us from shoving tubes down. Ducks beaks. Ducks throats. Force feeding them 2.2 pounds of grain and fat into their stomachs. Maybe they have a point in this one. <laughs> it is kind of mean. Yeah, so I want the non... Uh, non-force-fed <laughs> version, I guess. But I want to try foie gras. That's my number 10, actually. But my number six, I'm kind of putting this as a catch-all for New York food, but I'll specifically say New York pizza and New York bagels. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we've I, had... If I had thought of this, yeah. I, I want to try yeah, yeah. New York stuff or like Philly, Philly, Chicago uh, sorry, not those are different places anyway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But like stuff that's famous from right, the city. Right, right. So like uh, I've had Philly cheesesteaks from Philadelphia. Yeah, I want that. We've had Chicago style deep dish pizza. Not in Chicago. I don't think we got that when we were in Chicago. I think your brother wanted to go to Chili's when we were in Chicago, as I recall, <laughs> instead of going to some sort of. Well, I know I've made Chicago, Chicago style place. pizza. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we definitely had it, just not in Chicago. But. I would like to try it in Chicago, actually. And then, uh, specifically for this list, though, New York-style pizza and uh, New York bagels I've also heard a lot about. So. Okay. Uh, at some point, we'll make our way to New York. It'll be a pretty cool place to go sightseeing and uh, go food tasting as well. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm interested in those things, uh, but I'm still going to stand by what's on my list and say I'm more interested in these 10 than that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's my number six, New York Pizza and Bagels. All right. My number five comes from the Redwall book series, and <laughs> they're always holding grand feasts at Redwall. Okay, let it's me guess. It's a story of these uh, these little woodland creatures and uh, all the different adventures that they have fighting off the evil rats and stoats and foxes and other vermin. Yes, those books are one-third... Uh, feasting crazy riddles one third fighting battles yep. and one third uh yeah feasts of all these good sounding foods yep. let's see so i'm gonna guess is it shrimp and hot root soup no but i wouldn't mind trying that one is it deeper never turnip and tater and beetroot pie that's one of them, and the other is Skilly and Duff. That was my next guess, actually. Ah, I would have guessed yep. that one next. <laughs> Those are the three most famous res yep. uh, foods that are mentioned in the Redwall books. Yep. I have the recipe for Deeper Never Beetroot Pie okay. in okay. my Geeky Chef Cookbook. Nice. Uh, but according to the internet, Skilly and Duff is a dish that consists of a sweet of a thick sweet sauce which is the skilly and pudding duff <laughs> redwall skilly and duff contains a variety of ingredients wild plums arrowroot chopped chestnuts 
damsons, and blackberries, all cased up in a ball of spongy pastry like a great dumpling. <laughs> Another version contains potato, seafood, and pl plenty of pepper and sea salt. <laughs> so both of those nice. sound really good. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind trying that sometime. Uh, there's a Redwall Abbey cookbook yep. that I'm interested in getting sometime. Make us some good skilly and duff. And make some turnip and tater beetroot pie. Deeper or never. <laughs> Very Number nice. Number five. Yeah. I'm, I'm also really interested in getting those at some point. Very cool. All right. My number five, it's the quintessential rich person food. It is? Caviar. That's right. Number five for me, caviar, the uh, salt-cured fish eggs, and yeah. Is it likely that I'll like them? I don't know. I guess they're probably salty. Salty eggs. Salty <laughs> fish eggs. <laughs> Rich people like them, so they've got to be good, right? <laughs> I'm definitely interested in trying it at some point. And this seems like something that's probably pretty pretty reasonable to expect that uh, that we could try this at some point. I don't know uh, that we've ever been to a restaurant that served it, but we'll probably get to one at some point, I would think. Get to some fancy party where they have caviar. Who knows? Maybe you can just buy a buy a tin of caviar. Oh, gross! At some uh, some <laughs> grocery like somewhere. I'd like a tin of caviar, <laughs> if you please. <laughs> so, yes, I'm interested in trying it. I probably won't like it, but I I'd like to find out. I just want the option of or the uh, the opportunity of finding out. Number five, caviar. All right. Well, my number four. Comes from the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing a trend. A trend with yours. Aw, come on. Anyway, it's Butterbeer. Oh, and honey. I have my Geeky Chef cookbook. Oh, no. This does not sound good. And according to this, you can use non-alcoholic beer, which I didn't which even know such a, <laughs> such a thing existed. But then you add cinnamon and cloves, allspice, oh, all your favorite spices. All my favorite and spices. And butter, oh. vanilla extract, Ooh. brown sugar, optional evaporated milk, and then whipped cream to serve. And I don't know, that actually sounds really good to me. Kind of a nice fall drink, sort of a, a twist on apple cider. Uh, I was going to say an alcoholic twist, but it's non-alcoholic beer, so uh, I wouldn't get drunk off of it, and I could still say uh, I've not had alcohol. And I don't know, it just has, I've always loved the name, and it sure looks good. So yeah, it's my number four, butter beer. If you made it, I would try a sip, but that sounds so Believe nasty. Believe me, I'm going to make it someday. I can't believe that's so high. That sounds... It only serves two, though. So if we really didn't like it, then uh, no big net loss. Hmm. Okay. All right. Number four for me. Another rich person food. The diamond of the kitchen. The truffle. And we're not talking your chocolate truffles, which are quite delicious, but easily found and... I've enjoyed them many times. No, no. We're talking about the mushroom that pigs dig up. And uh, 
why is this such an expensive delicacy? Hard to find, I suppose. Why is it so prized, though? Is it just because it's rare? If they were, if they were a lot more common, would they be so popular? I don't know. I guess uh, this would be another one that I don't really know what to expect. I guess for all of these, we could go read up on people describing the tastes and comparing them to other foods. Maybe get get a really good idea of if it's something we would like or not. But uh, I haven't done that for truffles. Don't really know what to expect. Like, is it just going to be a mushroom? Is that it? I don't really care for raw mushrooms. Do they cook truffles? Are they prepared usually? I don't know. I don't have to be bothered about such questions for my bucket list. <laughs> I will admit. Bring I am... me a truffle and some caviar on the side, my good man. <laughs> I am kind of curious about them. Yeah. Because chefs do rave about them. And, right. And... Truffle oil is, yeah, it's supposed is this to big be. thing. Yeah. And... I am kind of curious what's all the hoopla about. Right. So, well, maybe we can uh, maybe we can find out at some point. This one also seems like pretty reasonable that sometime in our life we'll get the opportunity to try truffles. So, um, that's my number four, truffles. All right. My number three. So, I really love Ferrero Rocher uh candies or chocolates i guess they're called the hazelnut uh milk chocolate coating around the melty hazelnut interior but i found a recipe on pinterest for giant ferrero rocher <laughs> chocolate mousse cut hazelnut mousse <laughs> cakes and so you make a chocolate cake and then you make uh, hazelnut mousse, and you make these uh, chocolate shells with uh, these special chocolate molds. So you paint some milk chocolate around these spherical molds, and then once they're dry, you pop out the chocolate shells, and then you layer the chocolate cake and the hazelnut mousse in three layers and then seal the the spheres shut so that it forms a ball and then you paint the outside with milk chocolate and chopped hazelnuts very finely chopped and it's basically a huge Ferrero Rocher but except that it's got mousse and cake in it and it just sounds so incredibly divine <laughs> and the picture is to die for. Oh man, one of these days I am gonna make it. It is so much work, but I've got the recipe pinned. And someday, when I've got time, and I'm got, I've got my adventurous spirit going. I am gonna make this. <laughs> I've thought about making it for our church competition that we have every year, our Bake Off, but. I don't want to outshine the competition that badly. So wow. <laughs> that's why I'm telling you guys about it. And it just sounds so amazing and looks so amazing. My number three, giant Ferrero Rocher cake. That sounds quite delicious. <laughs> I'm definitely up for, for getting a large bite out of one of those. All right. My number three, back to animals. And I don't know why. Because I don't like these animals at all, but I've always wanted to eat one. 
And that is snake. I don't know why. It doesn't seem like it would taste very good. No, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like there'd be much meat on it. I don't like snakes. I don't I don't know. There's just something though when someone it's says haggis. cooked snake. There's just something inside me that says that yeah. could be delicious. <laughs> I'd try it. Yeah, I I really don't know what's appealing to me about it. It's but... no bird nest soup, so I'd try it. <laughs> this is one of those things that I've heard of heard people yeah, I ate snake once and I've always even like this is one of the ones that's always been on my list of things I wanted to try for as long as I can remember. So we'll have to get, we'll have to go somewhere sometime that serves snake. And uh yeah, I don't know what what do you even put on snake? Barbecue sauce? Uh, I don't know. No, I'd I'd say probably <laughs> a few seasonings and just let the meat yeah? speak for yeah. itself. Well, I guess we'll find out at some point. But uh yeah, let you listeners will have to let us know if you've if you've ever tried any of these things and if you recommend that we move them off our list or not. <laughs> but uh right now my number 3 is snake. All right. Yeah, I'd try that. Okay, my number 2. And I have the recipe for this. It's okay. in my uh unexpected cookbook and unofficial book of hobbit cookery and mm-hmm. it is called porter cake <laughs> and it's basically old-fashioned fruit cake wah, wah, wah. except that the secret secret ingredient is you add some alcohol uh you <laughs> add porter like porter port? beer yeah port and so uh you you add a fair bit a fair bit of it actually and uh, that's that's what makes the difference, apparently. And so then, uh, according to this recipe, you end up with in- an incredibly moist, dense cake that has as much in common with a modern fruitcake as a slow-baked Sunday chicken does with drive-through nuggets. <laughs> and hmm. uh, when I when I read that description, I was like, "Oh man, I have got to try this." <laughs> uh, it just it actually sounds really good, and uh, it doesn't have all those fake fruits that you see advertised or mixed in with fruitcake of, of today. <laughs> it's got uh, cherries, currants, gold, golden raisins, and citrus peel, which I know I'm selling you on it already. <laughs> and it's got all your favorite spices. But oh, I just boy. think that all things, all, all of it together will work really well. And I really want to try it. The Actually, one of the things about it is you want to let it sit uh, for a while after you bake it. You want to let it uh, sit wrapped up in foil for a couple of days. Just leave it out on the, co- out on the counter. And that lets the, the flavors really start to, to blend together. And the alcohol in it helps to act as a preservative. So, yeah, that's my number two, porter cake. All right. My number two, last animal on my list, and probably the most likely that I'll like of the ones on my list. really like seafood, and so my number two is shark. Wow. I'm not sure. I think I think I have, actually. I forget where, but I think it was 
Sam's Club. Mm, they were offering uh, shark. Nice. How was it? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, but yeah, so I know there's places like we could even go to a restaurant in Mobile probably or in, in Pensacola and pick up some shark. So yeah, next time I see it on the menu, I know there's been at least once where it was on the menu. I decided not to get it. I think it might have been when your aunt and uncle took us out to the fish house a few years ago or one of those restaurants downtown Pensacola. And I think because someone else was paying for the meal, I decided not to go with the shark, which was Super more expensive. expensive. yeah. More expensive anyway. But uh, next time I see it on the menu and I'm paying for the meal, I'm going for the shark. Well, maybe next time that we're down in Pensacola, I could go by Joe Patty's and Ooh. see if they have some shark. There you go. I bet Cross that, would that be off one. your bucket list. That's All right. right. And speaking of animals, my number one is an animal. Earlier you mentioned bear meat from Prince Caspian. And guess what? My number one is bear meat. What? As described in, except it's not just straight up bear meat. Okay. So I want it like you mean the book describes. Fed by shrimp, right? Yeah, fed oh, shrimp. honey, you're weird. <laughs> I want it a vegetarian or mostly vegetarian uh, bear. Pes- pescatarian? That's, yeah, that's eaten a lot of uh, fish and uh-huh. berries and uh-huh. honey and? And, and nuts. Um, and then in the book, they kill the bear and then they wrap it, wrap the meat around apples that they've been <laughs> carrying with them from an orchard. <laughs> And then they roast it over a fire. <laughs> oh my goodness, that just sounds so incredible. So think of it: roasted meat stretched over an apple, and you've got the uh, the apple juice is just soaking through the meat. And meanwhile, the the meat juices soak into the apple, and it's this gorgeous blend and harmony of flavors. <sighs> the nice crispy exterior and the savory. Uh, par- action of the meat blending with the sweet tart of tartness of the fruit. Mm, that sounds so stinking good. So that is my number one: bear meat wrapped around apples and roasted. I don't know how we're ever gonna do that, but someday I want to try that. <laughs> very nice, very nice. And our first crossover, I believe, first and only. That's a very good choice. Mine was a little more specific, I guess. True. So my number one, it's the one, it's another one that's been on my list for a long time. And I don't remember where I first read this, but I remember reading this dish described as the most difficult to prepare dish. It's called Beef Wellington. You've heard of it? I've heard of it. Do you know what it is? I do, but my memory's failing me right now, so just go ahead and refresh it. Yeah, so it's steak coated in pate, I believe is how you pronounce it. What's pate? uh, For the sake of our listeners. I I think it might be just French for paste. But, uh, so like ground up, um, the one that I I was looking at is ground up mushrooms, so like uh, mushroom paste. And then wrapped in puff pastry and baked. Okay. So since you've got the meat and the bread and the puff pastry, uh, and I guess the pate, I don't know how how hard that is to 
to make, but just those different things and you're cooking them together. You have to prepare those somewhat individually and then mm-hmm. combine them and cook them, I guess, is is uh, something that only a master chef is supposedly able to prepare well. Hmm. So, uh, I mean, there's recipes online. You can definitely uh, give, it your best shot. give it your best shot. But uh, just looking through it, it does look like it would be it would be a little bit of a it'd be a little bit of an uh, uh, be, it would be some good work putting it together and then uh, you could definitely very easily make a mistake and, and not get it perfectly so uh I, w- I would definitely like to try them sometime though it's funny the uh place that we're that um, i'm setting up for a work meeting next month they have they actually sell um individual beef wellingtons and you get small ones and so obviously this is number one on my my bucket list food, so I was very tempted to put that on the menu, but I don't. I don't think we have the budget to do it, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, it's definitely something I want to try at some point. And uh, yeah, don't you think that sounds good? Basically, puff pastry around a steak. Yeah, that just that just sounds really good to me. So this one, I'm a hundred percent confident that I would like it, and uh, just the. The added allure of it, you know, ever since I was a child and oh, finding yeah. out, oh, this is the most difficult dish to prepare in the world. Yeah, I it's guess. It's always had that that mystique attached to it. I guess for me, too, like with the Chronicles of Narnia, yeah. something that I read as a child and it's just yep, always yep. that it's been left up to the imagination. So, yep, yep. yeah. Yeah, so I th- it's interesting. Most uh, I'd say a lot of mine, uh, certainly the greater majority of mine, came from uh, fandom. Right. Yep. <laughs> a book or a movie or something. Yeah. Yep. I did. I did and yours that. are more from the real world. <laughs> Indeed. That's all right, though. Both both have a uh, quite have a few things. Yeah. I think mine sounds be better though than yours. We'll see. Mine sound more exotic than yours, I think. No, no I'd say yeah. mine sound pretty exotic. No. We'll have the listeners vote. I think uh, I think bird's nest soup all by itself oh, wins for most exotic. Every time I hear that, I feel <laughs> I feel like gagging. Aww. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> anyway, it's been fun finding out what are the things that you really want to try. Maybe one of these days I'll surprise you oh. for your birthday. Not with bird nest soup, <laughs> but maybe with some of these others. Do you have any other honorable mentions? No, that was it. Okay. Uh, for me, it would just be, uh, there's a few other animals like, uh, I think you mentioned rabbit. Also squirrel, I think would be interesting to try. All sorts of different birds that I'm guessing all taste about the same. So I didn't really put them on the list, but, you know, pheasant, goose. Oh, yeah. Grouse. Uh, Cornish game hen. What? Yeah. All no, those. Haven't we had? I'm pretty sure mm, we've had Cornish game hen. I don't think so. I thought Where we had. We had it? I thought Scott made, made some for us. <laughs> Maybe Yeah, not. so he made it once. For himself. No, honey. He was always making Cornish game hens. Right. Well, that's the joke. He was Our al- friend Scott, okay, he was one time he it. made it, he told us, you know, the next day, yeah, I made a Cornish game hen for dinner last night. It was good. And then somehow that stuck in in my head in years too, I guess. And so, I mean, years after, 
we're still asking him like hey made any cornish game hen lately <laughs> he's like no i did that one time <laughs> this isn't the thing so yeah a bunch well, of uh, a bunch of birds like that <laughs> nope all those birds like that swan you can eat swan right huh. that I, seems a shame um maybe it was Such an old swan who's gonna die anyway oh there we go so very very t- an old but tasty swan <laughs> he's in asia that an, makes it okay an old but tasty swan will do it for me so uh, um yeah that's that's why those were just honorable mentions all right well let us know what are some of the things that you have always dreamed of eating let us know if you think our picks are good ones or gross ones please <laughs> Write in and tell us. Even if you think they're gross, that you would like. Gross. Even if it's gross, you might would want to try it, eh? You can email us at tto at cozer.us or go to our website tto.cozer.us and add a slash sixty seven to go straight to the show notes for this episode. Our next episode is going to be top ten book titles. Looking forward to that. Had fun with board game titles. Do book titles. Also wanted to say thanks to my parents and to my brother Zach for the feedback they gave us on our uh, great songs list. My mom really doesn't like the Beatles and she doesn't like Bob Dylan, so she didn't really agree with my list so much, but I know they had fun listening to uh, to that episode on their uh, last trip down here, and uh, thanks for that feedback. Glad you enjoyed it, even if you disagreed with our list. All right, until next time, I'm Melissa Kozer. And I'm Brian Kozer. And you've been listening to 10 to 1. Okay, Brian, what are some things that were on your bucket list? Things that you always thought, oh, yeah, I want to try that. Oh, that you yeah. were sorely disappointed by when you did try Uh-oh. them. That I was sorely disappointed by. Because I've got a couple. Mm, I guess you can go first then. All right. One of them was caviar. Oh, when did you have caviar? I forget when. It might. I think it might have been at a Chinese buffet. Well, come on. That's probably not the kind of caviar that rich people are eating. If it's at a Chinese buffet, a little $7 Chinese buffet is not going to have actual good caviar. I was not impressed. Yeah, I I would not not expect anything from Chinese buffet caviar. Well, anyway, and the other one was Turkish Delight, which, again, having read (laughs) The Chronicles of Narnia... Edmund sold out his brothers and uh, his brother and his sisters for Turkish delight. Even the right. name just sounds so exotic. Mm-hmm. It's got delight in the name. <laughs> and then I tried it, and it was just this gummy, not very yummy, gross stuff that stuck to your teeth. And I was like, "What on earth, Edmund? What on earth?" I have heard that, so that makes me less interested in trying it, but. Just because of its place in exactly. Chronicles of Narnia. I still want to try it sometime. Boy, I can't think of any that I've been disappointed in. I do know that we did get to have bison and elk recently. And I think I might have had bison before. At least bison jerky. And uh, But bison and elk would have both been on my list at one point, And those were both delicious. Also, alligator. 
was something that I'd always wanted to try. And we, we've had that a few times in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Also very tasty. So I, I can't think of one that I've been disappointed on. So far, my, my bucket list has been pretty reliable. It's untainted. I'm sure the 10 that I put on my list also would be reliable. Indeed. 